anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving let your requests be made known to god and the peace of god which passes all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through christ jesus philippians chapter 4 verses 6 and 7 thanks for joining us today this is the hour of intercession i'm pastor joseph parker we invite you to look with us in the word of god in the gospel of luke luke chapter 2 beginning at verse 1 And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because it was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen him, They made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child, and all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told them. Verses 1 through 20, Luke chapter 2. Father, we thank you once again for the wonder of Christmas and Christmas time. Thank you, Father, for the wonderful story and stories that make up what we refer to as the Christmas narratives. Father, thank you, Lord, for the salvation that you brought into the world such a long, long time ago. Lord, more and more, use these powerful passages of Scripture to stir us, to set us on fire afresh with a greater passion and commitment to be about the work of sharing the gospel and making disciples, knowing that the time is short that you're coming back soon, and help us to be about your business faithfully each and every day. We thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Thank you again for listening to the Hour of Intercession. 
Rick Robertson is our producer. He's going to lead us in a word of prayer at this time. God, we're so thankful for this Christmas season and the peace that we have inside because of this relationship that we have with you, that uh, we can look to you as our Father. We look to uh, Jesus as our elder brother, this uh, uh, suffering servant, the precious Lamb of God who is willing to be nailed to a cross to die there for us. We thank you for that, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Rick. And thank you again for being a part of our listening family. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. On an ongoing basis, we're reminding you that if you're wanting to get copies of some of the articles that we share, maybe during the Christmas season or otherwise, again, we're glad to share them. Simply email us at my email, joseph at afr.net. And we're glad to share the prayer resources, the discipleship resources, Christmas resources and otherwise. Again, it's an honor to be able to share them with you. And our encouragement is that you'll use them for yourself, use them for your family and for family discipleship, but also that you would forward them to family, friends, fellow church members, saved and unsaved individuals as well, because it's a way whereby we can uh, be involved in the work of evangelism and discipleship and be co-laborers in the kingdom of God doing the work of the kingdom. Hope you'll take the time to do that. Once again, the email, joseph at afr.net. Uh, today we're looking specifically at that we're focusing on the topic within the Christmas story of Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. And you know, Joseph, the earthly father, the earthly dad of Jesus, uh, plays a very important role, obviously both not only in the Christmas story, but in the story of salvation as well. And so as we look at passages that share about Joseph, the earthly dad of Jesus. We'll be reading through the passages, but keep in mind, even though he may not show up in other places, his place is really a wonderful and a powerful place, and there are important spiritual lessons we can draw from looking at the life of Joseph as well. So we begin in Matthew chapter 1, reading through the chapter, sharing about the life of Joseph. Matthew chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham begot Isaac. Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Judah and his brothers. Judah begot Perez and Zerah by Tamar. Perez begot Hezron, and Hezron begot Ram. Ram begot Amminadab. Amminadab begot Nashon, and Nashon begot Salmon. Salmon begot Boaz by Rehob. Boaz begot Obed by Ruth. Obed begot Jesse, and Jesse begot David the king. David the king begot Solomon by her who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon begot Rehoboam. Rehoboam begot Abijah. And Abijah begot Asa. Asa begot Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat begot Joram, and Joram begot Uzziah. Uzziah begot Jotham. Jotham begot Ahaz, and Ahaz begot Hezekiah. Hezekiah begot Manasseh. Manasseh begot Ammon, and Ammon begot Josiah. Josiah begot Jeconiah and his brothers about the time they were carried away to Babylon. And after they were brought to Babylon, Jeconiah begot Shealtiel, and Shealtiel begot Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel begot Abiad, Abiad begot Eliakim, and Eliakim begot Azor. Azor begot Zadok, Zadok begot Achim, and Achim begot Eliad, Eliad begot Eleazar. Eleazar begot Mathan, 
And Methan begot Jacob, and Jacob begot Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom was born Jesus, who is called Christ. So all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations. From David until the captivity in Babylon are 14 generations. And from the captivity in Babylon until the Christ are 14 generations. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away secretly. But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife and did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. Verses 1 through 25, Matthew chapter, excuse me, 1 through 20, yes, 25, Matthew chapter 1. Father, we thank you once again for the wonderful role model that we see in Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. Thank you for his obedience. Thank you for his diligence to be a person of honor and one committed to doing your will once he came to know that will. Lord, help us to grow an understanding of the critical place of us simply being obedient vessels. Help us to know, Lord, that obedience to your word and your spirit are critical to everything in the kingdom of God. Help us to be believers that live lifestyles of obedience in big things, little things, and all the in-between things as well. We thank you, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Again, we're looking today specifically at the topic, Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, within the stories of Christmas. And so here in Matthew, where the chapter begins with the genealogy of Jesus Christ. And it draws down to the fact that, of course, uh, the genealogy, uh, you could say it really begins through Abraham as it's listed and comes all the way down to Joseph. Now, keep in mind, both Joseph and Mary were both descendants of King David. And so, but Jesus, Jesus' earthly dad, Joseph, basically, you might say, carries the name for his son, his earthly son, Jesus. And so, he serves as the earthly dad of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And of course, after the genealogy, it goes on to explain the circumstances of which Joseph and Mary are betrothed. Of course, Mary has already been betrothed to Joseph, and the betrothal system was significantly different from the way typically people are engaged in our culture. It was a period of time in which basically the husband and wife are legally married, but they don't consummate the marriage just yet by coming together with through a sexual union. Well, of course, it's during that time apparently that Mary has become pregnant, and she's impregnated by the Holy Spirit who, uh, and of course, the baby Jesus is conceived. And so it appears uh, that Initially, Joseph thinks, sadly, that his wife has been unfaithful. And so he's preparing and thinking about making a quiet, um, taking steps to quietly divorce 
his wife, but God steps into Joseph's dream. In fact, something you'll notice in Matthew chapters 1 and 2 is that each time the Lord speaks to Joseph here in the Christmas narrative, you specifically find he speaks to Joseph in dreams. So four different times he steps into Joseph's dream. The first three times it mentions he speaks through an angel. The last time it doesn't mention an angel, but each time Joseph is given guidance and direction from the Lord, and Joseph is very diligent to obey. And, you know, I can't overemphasize how important it is that we as believers grasp that obedience to the Word and the will of God is critical to everything in the kingdom of God. Remember, the Word of God is the will of God, and so when you're reading God's Word, you're reading His will. And we're committed to hearing and obeying God's Word. We help to step into the eternal purposes of God. And so our obedience to God's Word and His will and His Spirit to us is so important because it's helping us to bring the will of God to task in the earth. Keep in mind, you know, one of the ways we pray the Lord's Prayer, Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Remember, in heaven, everything happens just like God wants it to happen. In everything, there's no killing or stealing. There are no problems or difficulties. There are no misunderstandings. People aren't hurting each other. Everything in heaven happens as God would have it to happen. Well, when we as God's people are obedient, through our obedience, we bring the will of God to bear upon the world as well. In other words, another way to put it is, through our obedience, we're building the kingdom of God in the world. And so our obedience is very important. That It reveals the will of God. So keep in mind, one might would think to themselves, well, uh, why did Joseph have to hear the word of God and obey in all the ways that he did? Well, again, keep in mind, when God has a faithful servant who will hear and obey, his will can get done, Not in many cases, not with a, lot of, a whole lot of fanfare and extra frills, but the fact is simple obedience is so important for all of us because that's how God's work and will can get done in the world. Father, thank you for every believer listening. Thank you for the opportunity we have of being able to hear your word and do your word. Thank you for the opportunity we have of being able to hear the Holy Spirit speak to us and obey. Father, help us to grow in our understanding of the fact that your will is the key to everything in life. Knowing your will and doing your will. That's the key to every critical aspect of life. Help us to be faithful hearers and doers. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We're looking at the topic, Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. In the Christmas story, we'll be right back. To the promised 
sky From a throne to a manger trade and glory for shame From a king to a stranger with a love to proclaim Angels fill up the heavens with the sound of his name Casting Crowns with Gloria. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. We're looking today at the topic, Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. And we're looking specifically, especially at Matthew chapters 1 and 2, as it unfolds insights about the life of Joseph. Not a whole lot said about him, but insights about the life of Joseph uh, as the earthly dad of Jesus. We pick up now reading... In Matthew chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen a star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, But thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed, and behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he sent forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled what was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, A voice was heard in Ramah, 
lamentation, weeping in great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, refusing to be comforted because they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea, instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets, he shall be called a Nazarene. Verses 1 through 23, Matthew chapter 2. Father, once again, thank you, Lord, for the many ways, the insights and the truths we can learn from looking at the life of Joseph, the earthly dad of Jesus. And thank you, Lord, for the role model he is to men who know and love you and to the body of Christ as a whole. Lord, more and more with every passing day, help us to become much more committed to being hearers and doers of your word in every area of our lives. We thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. We do pray. Amen. Well, as we continue to look at the Joseph, the earthly dad of Jesus, and look at his life, keep in mind, beyond Matthew chapters 1 and 2 and Luke chapter 2, uh, it appears Joseph disappears. But for the short time that we see his life uh, kind of unfold here in the story of Christmas, we see that he was a man that was very committed to obeying God. Obviously, he didn't have a Bible like you and I have to open up and read to find out God's Word and His will specifically. But God spoke to him through dreams. As I mentioned in Matthew chapters 1 and 2, it, we, we see where God, on four different occasions, steps into Joseph's dreams and he gives him guidance and direction. The first three times he mentions specifically uh, an angel comes to Joseph in a dream and speaks to him. And the last time, it doesn't mention an angel. But each time, God gives him important direction for his life. And now, now keep in mind, each direction is very, very important. Note that, like, for example, in chapter 1, Joseph is contemplating divorcing Mary. But then God sends a dream. And note, too, specifically what it points out. It says, verse 26, But while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take to you Mary, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. So God sends a message to Joseph through his dream, specifically that Mary has not been unfaithful, that Mary is the mother of the Messiah, and God has chosen Joseph specifically to be the earthly dad of the Messiah. And so he was, his directions was, he was, he was, he was not to be afraid to go ahead and marry Mary. And one of God's tasks for Joseph was to be the earthly dad of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so the Lord explained things to him through that dream. Well, then in chapter two, uh, once again, uh, Joseph has another dream where specifically in verse 13, it says, Now when they departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. Well, note too, very specifically what's going on here. God gives Joseph directions to pack up and take the child and his mother to flee to Egypt because Herod is seeking to kill and destroy the Lord Jesus Christ. 
Now, keep in mind some interesting truths to note, not just from the Christmas story, but from all of the Word of God, the many ways in which God often ties so many things together through the one story of the Word of God. You know, we think of the Bible sometimes as a book with many Bible stories, but in the truest sense of the word, God's Word is one story. It's the story of God and His creation that fell and the way whereby he provided redemption for us. Yes, the Bible is one story, and it all ties together beautifully by the grace and the power and the wisdom of God. Well, note here, God is giving Joseph direction to pack up and take the family to Egypt. What it goes on to say in verse 14, When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord through the prophet saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Well, note what takes place here. Again, God gives Joseph specific directions to pack up and take his family to Egypt. Now, the life of Joseph, the earthly dad of Jesus, in a number of ways are connected to the Joseph of the book of Genesis in the Old Testament as well. Joseph in the book of Genesis, his whole life foreshadows and points to the Lord Jesus Christ. Like the Lord Jesus Christ, he was betrayed by his own people. And uh, of course, Jesus died on the cross after being betrayed and tried and um, being sentenced to death. Joseph was sentenced to a life of slavery in Egypt, but God raised him up. And of course, of course, Joseph, the earthly dad of Jesus, was an important part, played an important part in the life of Jesus in that like, again, he's the uh, paternal uh, earthly dad. He's a provider. He's a protector. And he helps prepare Jesus as well for his work, obviously as a carpenter, but also in many ways he helps prepare him for life as any dad would help prepare his son for life in many ways as well. And note too, the Joseph of the Old Testament, Egypt initially was a place of slavery for him, but it, eventually it became a place of refuge for the whole nation of Israel. Well, once again, in the New Testament, Joseph, is Joseph, the earthly dad of Jesus, is directed to take the Messiah and his mom to Egypt. So in both cases, Egypt for a time is a place of refuge for the children of Israel and specifically for the Messiah and his mom and the earthly dad, Joseph, as well. So, But Joseph, when he's given direction from God, he obeys. And so the first time he has given direction in the dream, he's directed that he can go ahead and marry Mary, and that's exactly what he does. And this time he's directed to pack up and take the Messiah, the baby Messiah, and his mom to Egypt. Again, that's exactly what Joseph does in obedience to God. So how important it is that we recognize that obedience to the Word of God is so important. Now one might would ask, well, why did the Lord direct Joseph to have to pack up and take the Messiah, the Lord Jesus, and his mom to Egypt. Why didn't he just send some angels to protect uh, Jesus and his family? Well, keep in mind, God did things the way he chose to do, but when God has an obedient servant, he can get his will done his way. So when we simply obey God, God doesn't have to resort to other means that might seem more spectacular to us, but Obedience to God is very important to, to him. One of the reasons being is because we're here to do the work and the will of God. 
And if we simply do our do our job through obeying the word and the spirit of God, then God doesn't have to use other more, uh, you might say, say more extravagant means to get his work done. When he can have a servant that's simply obedient, that means a lot to our Heavenly Father. How important it is that you and I decide we're going to just simply obey and do what God tells us. Well, continuing in chapter, in same chapter, chapter 2, verse 19, it goes on to explain a third dream that Joseph has. Now, when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who sought the young child's life are dead. Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. So we see once again, Joseph is obedient to what the Lord tells him to do. Just as he packed up and moved the Messiah and his mom to Egypt, when God directed him to come back home, that's exactly what Joseph did. Again, in obedience to the word and the will of God. Verse 22 goes on to say, But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the region of Galilee, and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. And so the third dream, again, Joseph takes the family back to the land of Israel in obedience to God's word and will given through the angel in the dream. And then the final dream, of course, happens when after Joseph learns that Archelaus, the son of Herod, was now reigning, Joseph is concerned about that fact. And so he was warned specifically by God in a dream, and he was directed to go to Nazareth to live. And so also that, too, the fact that he was obedient was important because God's will, once again, is, is confirmed through prophecy. Jesus would be called a Nazarene, and, of course, he grew up in Nazareth. And so it's important to know, too, that because of Joseph's obedience, God was able to fulfill his word a number of times. And so just as Joseph's obedience is important, the obedience of all the rest of us is very, very important as well because it's directly connected to all of us fulfilling God's calling and his will for each of our lives. Father, thank you for the opportunity you give us to hear your word every day, to open your word and spend time with you one-on-one as you give us instruction, guidance, and direction for following you and living out your calling on our lives. Help us to be people committed to reading and studying your word, hearing and obeying your word and your Holy Spirit every day faithfully. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. We're looking at the topic, Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus, in the Christmas story. We'll be right back. Young ones wait, 
While the old ones make up tales of how it used to be, China dolls, candy corn, painted wooden toys, treasures found to the wondrous sound of caroling the Savior. Born to us on Christmas morn. Emmanuel, God with us. Emmanuel, Emmanuel, God with us. The Son of Israel. Amy Grant with Emmanuel. Thanks for listening to the Hour of Intercession here on American Family Radio. Today we're looking at the topic, Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. And we pick up reading now in the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 39. So when they had performed all things according to the law of the Lord, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong in spirit. Filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. His parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up to Jerusalem according to the custom of the feast. When they had finished the days, as they returned, the boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And Joseph and his mother did not know it. But supposing him to have been in the company, they went a day's journey and sought him among their relatives and acquaintances. So when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem seeking him. Now so it was that after three days they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And all who heard him were astonished at his understanding and answers. So when they saw him, they were amazed. And his mother said to him, Son, Why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. And he said to them, Why did you seek me? 
Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? But they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. Then he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject to them. But his mother kept all these things in her heart. And Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and men. In verses 39 to 52, Luke chapter 2. And so this appears to basically be the last scene in which we see Joseph appear in the story of Jesus. Now keep in mind, Scripture does not make mention of Joseph dying, but apparently that's what takes place because, of course, at the end of Christ's life when he enters his earthly ministry, there's no mention of Joseph whatsoever. So apparently he's passed away. And, you know, one thinking to themselves might think, well, you know, uh, they need to put that in Scripture because Jesus, the Son of God, for his earthly dad to pass away, that would be a very significant incident. Incident. Well, keep in mind, God didn't choose to have it put in Scripture. So for whatever reason, God's always right. And so it doesn't specifically point that out. But we do see that by the grace of God, Jesus grows up and fully fulfills the call of God upon his life, even though apparently he loses his dad at an early time in his life. And so here we see in this instance, though, Joseph and Mary have gone to Jerusalem uh, and there apparently they went a number of times to Jerusalem because earlier they had taken him to carry out the um, Levitical requirements that needed to be met after a child is born. Well, once again, they go to Jerusalem. And, you know, if you ask the question, well, how many times did Jesus go to Jerusalem? Well, Scripture doesn't specifically say, but probably Jesus went to Jerusalem probably 33 times. Uh, he would go regularly. And, of course, when he did, of course, when he did go to Jerusalem, it was always in the perfect will of God. And note, too, though, that the Passover specifically, when they, uh, as the Scripture refers to he and his parents going to Jerusalem uh, to participate and celebrate the Feast of the Passover, note this. What a tremendous experience it probably was for Jesus in his earthly ministry to realize that each year he would go to observe the Passover, it was all pointing to him. He was the ultimate, he was and is the ultimate Passover lamb for all the world. And so whether the people, even though the people may not have fully realized it, they were celebrating Jesus and who he is and what he came to do. Well, of course, in this instance, Jesus and his parents, they've traveled to Jerusalem. They go and participate and celebrate the feast of the Passover. And at this time, Jesus is 12 years old. And so Joseph was in Jesus's life from birth, at least up until the year of 12 years of age. And so here he is. They've gone there and they've celebrated. But when they'd finished the basic aspects of their celebration, Jesus and, well, Jesus's parents, Mary and Joseph, they return. But the scripture specifically points out in verse 43, it says, The boy Jesus lingered behind in Jerusalem. And now keep in mind, it's very important for to understand this truth. Jesus wasn't being mischievous. He wasn't being negligent. He was simply following the Holy Spirit because that's always what Jesus did. He never veered away from what the Holy Spirit directed him to do. So he wasn't being a troublemaking child at all. He was doing what his heavenly father directed by the Holy Spirit to do. He stayed behind. Why? Because that's what the Lord told him to do. Well, it points out that Joseph and his mother didn't know that he'd stayed behind. 
And they just assumed that he was amongst some of the other people in their company that were traveling. And at a certain point in time, they got to looking for him and came to realize Jesus was not in their company. He wasn't with them on their way headed back home. So they quickly returned to Jerusalem seeking him. And if you can imagine what may have gone through Joseph and Mary's mind at that point, we've lost the Messiah. We've got to find him. And they were very upset. Now, keep in mind, after they came back, they didn't find him the first day. Didn't find him the second day. It was three days before they found him. It says in, ver- in verse 46, it says, now, now, so it was that after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting in the midst of the teachers, both listening to them and asking them questions. And note, when, jo- when Joseph and Mary catch up with him, it appears Mary's not real happy. And it appears Mary sort of scolds Jesus. She says, son, why have you done this to us? Look, your father and I have sought you anxiously. But Jesus, as he always did and always does, he responded correctly, respectfully and in love. But he responds correctly. What does Jesus say? He says, why did you seek me? Did you not know that I must be about my father's business? And verse 50 says, but they did not understand the statement which he spoke to them. But what a powerful statement for us all to learn and draw from. Even if Joseph and Mary didn't understand it at the time, it's an important truth for all of us as believers to recognize as a lifestyle. Every day we're to be about our Father's business. Every day is a day to be listening to God through His Word and His Spirit and to be available simply to do whatever God is calling us to do. To see this individual, to call that person, to to give money to help in this cause or this concern, ready to do whatever God is calling us to do. How important it is that we're living a lifestyle of being about our Father's business every single day. Father, thank you for the opportunity, like the Lord Jesus Christ, to be about your business every day. Help us to live lives where we're fully available to your word and your will and your spirit. Help us to be vessels that seek to simply say yes and to have a yes, Lord, attitude all the time, whatever you're calling us to do. Thank you, Father, again for the example in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, as I mentioned then, that so this appears to be the last instance where we see Joseph at work. But again, Joseph here at work in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ. But he wonderfully and beautifully carries out his responsibility. He obeys God each time. God gives him direction here through the dreams that were given in chapters 1 and 2. And here, too, he's seeking to be a good dad, a good father, and seeing after his son as well. We, too, are wise to make it our goal, again, daily, to be about our Father's business, to, to live a life of obedience, faithfully, diligently reading and studying the Word of God every day, listening to the Holy Spirit every day, and simply doing what we're called of God to do. And keep in mind, anytime we're looking for the Messiah, we can always find him, in the Word of God. He is the Word of God. So if you're looking for Jesus, you can always find him in his precious Word. Father, thank you for the opportunity for us, like Joseph, to be faithful servants of the Lord Jesus Christ, faithful vessels that you can use to get your work done. Father, help us to recognize, Lord, that every calling is an important calling, that we're not to compare ourselves to one another and say, well, this person's calling is more important than that one, or His calling is more important than mine, or her calling is more critical than mine. Help us to know, Lord, that every calling is important, that there are no trivial callings, and that our job is simply to discern your word and your will, 
to be in your word, to obey you, you, your word, and your spirit, and to carry that out. Help us to know, Lord, that that's the critical aspect for every believer in their life to carry out. We're all called to simply hear and obey your word and your spirit. Thank you for the opportunity to do that today and every day. We thank you and praise you. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, as we normally do, before we end the broadcast, if you're listening today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, today is a wonderful day, a great day to commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. God has a work for every person, but it starts as that person makes the step of inviting Christ to come into his or her heart as Lord and Savior. So if, if you'd like to make that step, would you simply take time to pray this prayer with us even now? Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me so, so much that you came into this world a long time ago. You lived. You died on the cross to pay for my sins. Three days later, you rose up from the dead so that I could be saved. Lord, I confess I've sinned and done wrong in many, many ways. Lord, I repent and turn from all the wrong I've done. Forgive me, Lord, for all the wrong things that I've done. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be my Lord and Savior. Make me the person you want me to be. In the Bible, you told us, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Right now, Lord, I'm calling on your name. Lord, save me. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Help me to follow you all my life. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen. Well, if you prayed that prayer, we want very much to be in touch with you. Once again, my email is joseph at afr.net. Again, that's joseph at afr.net. We definitely would like to share with you some literature and resources that are going to help you to begin to grow and grow strong and deep in your new walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So again, simply email us, joseph at afr.net. We're glad to share those with you. And once again, for any and all listeners, if you want any of the resources we provide, as in some of the resource articles that we share sometimes, or some of the prayer tools, discipleship tools, evangelism and discipleship tools, we're glad to share them. We want to share them. Please email us at the same email. We're glad to get them to you again, joseph at afr.net. Thanks for listening again today. We're looking at the topic, Joseph, the earthly father of Jesus. Thanks for listening. Join us again next time for the Hour of Intercession. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast do not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.